Hello and welcome to Talk Tales, a comedy podcast exploring stories from behind and beyond the bar. I'm your host and I'm your only host today on this amazing, really exciting Tiny Tales episode. As you can see, my co-host Matt is not with us today, but he's here in spirit and on paper form, as well as Adele. She couldn't be here today either. She is also on paper form. So, hey, Matt. Hey, Adele. Hope your shifts are going well today. I'm going to be sipping on some delicious spirits here at Stark Spirits, and I hope you guys are jealous. <laughs> um, I'm going to get right into this because this is a Tiny Tales episode. We are going to dig into what we're drinking the history behind, and who we're talking to. So without further ado, let me introduce our guests today. We got a pair. We got a duo, a dynamic duo. We have Greg and Karen Stark. Thanks, you guys, for coming on Talk Tales. Well, we're very grateful to you for interviewing us. This sounds like something that's really fun. Greg, nice to see yeah. you here. Well, <laughs> I'm just being a little shy. <laughs> of, course, of course, I know. It's kind of a weird thing to do sometimes. And uh, we're stoked to be here. We're excited to see what you guys are doing. I've been in the facility here for a little bit now, checking it out, doing a tour. We're situated in Pasadena. This is a small production, a husband-wife production. And let's talk a little bit about what really got you guys going on this this whole endeavor. Well, we both became redundant in the... Uh, economic downturn of 2008, 2012, and had to think about what we we're going to be doing next. Uh, trying to get a job back then was difficult because of our ages. So. <laughs> get it! <laughs> but uh, we started looking at what business opportunities there might be, and uh, distilling was one of them and uh, interested me. My father worked at Caltech for 30 years in the chemistry department, so distilling wasn't unknown to me, and uh, things kind of went from there. And the reason that he would even be interested in distilling and feeling like, you know, this is something that's going to be really fun and work for us is the fact that Greg was a master home brewer, and that is actually how we met. I was looking for someone to teach me to make beer many years ago, um, and uh, he did. He taught me to make beer, and uh, we got married somewhere after that, <laughs> and I was the brewer's assistant for many years, and so when he said, honey, how would you like to be a distiller's wife? I thought, well, that's better than fish farming, but never mind about that. <laughs> Another business interest, but um, I thought he makes great whiskey. Whiskey is the big brother of beer, so I knew that he would make fabulous whiskey, which he does. Very natural progression, sounds like. Yeah, yeah. So what what was like some of the complications or like some of the hurdles you had to get over as far as learning and to actually start the process of distilling your spirits? Oh, gosh. Circumspect <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, there were difficulties that we didn't expect. Greg did a lot of infrastructure work, although, of course, anytime we needed a licensed contractor, we always had one. The feds and the state moved right along. Nothing came up with them. We walked in the door on March 31st, 2013. Our first sales in the retail world were December 
30th, 2014. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, yes, uh, it took us a bit to get out the door. We got in, and but, then we had to get out. <laughs> but it was also a record because the uh, uh, length of time it takes to get your federal license is such that it can take year, two years, three years uh, to get your license. We came in at just a little over a year. We would have been sooner, but the government shut down in I have to interrupt here, dear. We came in in March, and we had our federal and state licenses by the end of November, uh, just long enough to have a baby. <laughs> that's that's impressively quick, I would say. It yes? was. It was. It was. So uh, Well, let's talk about like the passion here. You mentioned that you were a home brewer, so a natural progression would be to go into whiskey. Now, is whiskey what you would say your flagship spirit would be? Yes, yeah. Single malt whiskeys in particular. We have produced a barrel of rye. The focus has been on single malt whiskey. And um, his 50% business partner is <laughs> not terribly enthusiastic about increasing our nine product line. <laughs> Whoa, you're, you're talking nine products? But, you know, a special release um, now and then uh, seems... Okay. As a matter of fact, we have a product coming up that I think we'll do like a Christmas time release, which is an espresso liqueur. A, okay. a limited release. Um, enough is enough, say some people in this business. But Greg is very creative and he wants to explore strange new worlds where no one has gone before. Well, I know for me, I you know, I walked in here and I knew of your line, but now I'm looking back here uh, for viewers who are watching us on the Instagram. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine bottles sitting back here. And let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12 medals, I want to say. So uh, I, you guys are getting some really nice accolades as far as these spirits go. And uh, I mean, just to quickly talk about what you're producing, there's two gins. There's the flagship gin, the Skyline, a new gin, which we're going to go into in a little bit. We also have a rum, three rums. I'm sorry. There's silver, gold, and a 151. Whoa. Talk about let's start some fire tiki going on. Interrupt to say, and it is very... Very tasty. People have had other experiences with 151, and it's only powerful. This one is really good. It's not just for fire, then. That's right. I love it. Um, and then, yeah, we, and then whiskey, we got a peated malt, a California single malt. We have a brandy, an orange brandy, for that matter. And one of my personal favorites that I super nerd out on, Aquavit, which that there alone for me, it really catches my attention as far as a bartender and, and creating crafting cocktails. There's a lot of unique things you guys are doing. Greg, what's been your inspiration as far as gravitating to some of these more unique spirits? Well, okay, with the, uh, the malt whiskey... Uh, we knew that was going to take some time to age. And also, uh, when we started up, uh, we needed a little practice. So that was kind of what the rum was about, making the silver rum. And out of that evolved the 151. Of course, the gold rum had to come later because it has to age uh, in the barrel. How long in the barrel is that rum? It's actually only about six months, but we have some more that's now much more mature. I worked up a barrel program where I have some in New American Oak and uh, bourbon barrels. So it does come out like a, a bourbon. I think we hit on the concept of a 
West Coast style rum, whereas uh, in the Caribbean and South America, they're rather sweet, even to some extent fortified uh, with sugar. Ours is uh, dry, but very much rum quality to it. So it comes off like a, a little bit of a, a bourbon in some respects. Moving on, we came out with a uh, Sunshine Orange Brandy, which actually was uh, inspired by uh, Craftsman Brewing Company's Orange Grove Pale Ale. Oh, yes. I'm familiar. They, uh, they balance the bitterness in the ale by adding Valencia oranges. And uh, we got some of the, the remnant of that to distill. And then being new distillers and having a brandy license, it was like one of the first products we could sell directly to retailers. So this was an opportunity. Craftsman's your neighbor, yes? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So we had to make, in order to make it a brandy, it had to be all orange. It couldn't have beer in it. So the development went to learning how to make a, an orange wine and then uh, producing the brandy. And I'd like to say a little more about the sunshine. Sometimes people are surprised that it's clear. Fruit brandies are clear because they're not aged. And our very first attempts at making sunshine were wildly successful in terms of our market testing. So we were very enthusiastic about moving right on. And it's all oranges. There is no sweetener in there. It is just oranges oranges, oranges, Valencia oranges from Fillmore Piru right there. Locally the grown. That's and right. That's right. And so, also from the Stark estate. Right. You're right. We joke. His mother has a Valencia orange tree. So oh, he, nice. Do you so, ever pull from that tree? Oh, yeah. You pull from that tree? Yeah. Holy moly. That's so cool. So That's incredible. So we have Aquavit and we have the Skyline Gin. And then I think after that... Uh, Oh, peated whiskey was also in tandem with making the malt whiskey. Where are you sourcing your grains? Oh, well, for the uh, malt whiskey, we uh, source uh, pale malt from Great Western Malting and Country Malt. That and means it comes from the United States. Or Canada. <laughs> A little bit has come from Canada recently, which I was surprised, but it's yeah. primarily from the Midwest and the Plains states. Yeah, but we're also now uh, sourcing from a new malting house in California called Amaral Malt. And uh, we'll have some Red 7. Or is it 7 Red? Do you want to explain that, Greg? <laughs> it's just a variety. Uh, it's like a specific, like, grown variety grown in California? Yeah. Oh, no yeah. kidding. And malted in California. Oh, wow. So, so, And that's not common, right? That is not common. There's only one other distillery I know of that's using Amaral Malt, and that would be Blinking Owl uh -huh. down in Orange. Very lovely people. Get yeah. to know them, too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, the mashing system was uh, had to be developed here. So that happened, and now we have both uh, single malt whiskey and a peated whiskey, and we use uh, Baird's heavily peated malt, which is from Scotland. Get that and mash it and then distill it. I love to, when I'm doing the tours, people don't usually fall over, but they do seem interested <laughs> in explaining to people what malt 
is, as well as uh, what peat is. People don't know that malt is roasted barley, and they'd like to point out that just like anything else you roast, the longer you leave it there, the darker it gets. So malt comes in different intensities of flavor because of how long it's been roasting. And that, of course, affects the color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Many people know about this experience. <laughs> so and in it, your particular whiskey, what what is your goal like roasting? We uh, It comes to us roasted. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so no, that's Malted. All, Malted. Malt. <laughs> well, the, and, the roasting and, turns it into malt, okay? And, <laughs> Do you get to work with the distributor of the malt to no or in in decide kind of those levels just like uh the craft breweries we get pale malt and then we also get specialty malts okay and so i use a variety of specialty malts which is really a small amount of malt to add certain flavors to the mash and unlike beer making you have to uh in distilling when you distill, you don't necessarily get the results you expect. Okay. Sometimes uh, some flavors, they come across, they, they jump the column, if you will, which is going from the still to the condenser, the line arm there. All right. I'm, I'm getting technical. Here, I'm to, getting a little technical. I need but to, to no. say that, that said, <laughs> let me finish. That said, you have to experiment. And so that has actually been the fun thing uh, in brewing and distilling here is seeing what flavors come across. And I am going to cut in here because on our bottles, it says handcrafted small batch. And that means to those who are in the know that every batch is not going to be necessarily exactly like the next one. This is in terms of the California malt. Our other products are fairly much the same, but I like to point out that my gin, for instance, is not going to be exactly the same because even though I'm using the same ingredients, uh, the juniper that came from Yugoslavia is not like the juniper that came from Bulgaria that I'm using right now. So small batch on the whiskey um, is particularly sensitive to Greg's experimental uh, events. But everybody loves his whiskey, and we do sell out. As far as peated malt, which I can't let it go. <laughs> peat is a plant that grows in bogs, and the only bogs that produce the peat that's going to be really good for malting barley is from Scotland and the the peat is the source of the heat for roasting the malt and because it was recently a green plant sort of a green an icky green uh, once it's dried and then burned it smokes like any other green wood would smoke so that's where peated malt gets its smokiness and this, the uh, peated whiskey that Greg makes is, I think, I don't think that you fool around with a peated whiskey. <laughs> I think that he uses 60% of peated malt. And then I actually don't know what the rest of it is, but there's 40% of 
not peated malt that has a more mild flavor. To like than, balance the, the right, end product yes, out. In, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is heavily peated malt. Uh, there are some other maltsters producing a peated malt, but it's not quite the quality we need. More recently, we now have a very heavily peated whiskey that's 100% peat and oh my god the things you learn when you're being interviewed when yeah. did that happen? <laughs> you're like ooh, i can't wait for that oh i can wait uh, i can wait <laughs> but uh whereas before during the distillation you have the smoke coming out and of course you want to capture all smoke that. coming out means in the flavor it's not coming out of the still <laughs> this comes out uh it coats the equipment on the inside and with this heavily peated one version that i'm working on presently so that means it's not available for another three four years it is so thick and dense it's just incredible in terms of aroma and flavor in terms of aroma flavor and schmutz. <laughs> <laughs> and because of the smokiness that's in peated malt, we actually have to distill in a retrofitted still that Greg made with a 55-gallon steel drum and some store-bought parts from the Still Dragon people. And uh, we call it the Dragon Still as a result of the column which uh, rises up and curves around and looks like a dragon's tail. And it takes 660 gallons of fermented mash to fill one 52-gallon barrel of whiskey or rum. Because we have to use the 55-gallon drum for the still for the peated whiskey, and of course we can only fill it up to 45 gallons because you need headroom for the the frothing up that grains do, it takes more than 16 distillations Holy to moly. get the 660 gallons of uh, fermented peated malts finished for a barrel. So it's a lot of work. <laughs> That's to say, uh, and lightly. a labor of love, indeed. Well, I, you mentioned um, the dragon still, which is incredible, which brings me to earlier I mentioned that we were going to discuss a specific gin that is releasing. And from what I know, this might be the first time you've got to talk publicly about this gin. Uh, it is, but I'm going to go back uh, to the Skyline gin, which is my first commercial gin. It recently won a gold medal, by the way, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's not here yet, so you don't see it. But uh, it was like my 22nd recipe. I was searching for the perfect gin. I was raised uh, as a martini drinker mm, by other martini you're drinkers. You're talking my language here. <laughs> and uh, finally, uh, the distributor and my husband and various others twisted my arm and said, this is the perfect gin. Believe <laughs> <laughs> me. You are not allowed to search further. On the other hand, with my new gin, I didn't search very far at all for the perfect recipe. It's called Dragon Spirit. It's based on staple of Chinese cuisine, which is called Five Spice. And so it's like somebody said, did you have to experiment? I said, no, after 22 recipes, I know how to make chicken. <laughs> so Dragon Spirit is spicy. But on the other hand, Five Spice is 
traditional. It's based on the ancient Chinese idea of how life on earth came to be. And the dragons of the Chinese culture are nothing like Western dragons. They are considered highly evolved spiritual beings. They live in the ethers between God and humans. <laughs> and uh, they barely pay attention to humans. But when they do, it's always benevolent. So benevolent dragons gave humans the five elements of earth, fire, wood, metal, and water. So everything in the world is an example of one of those five elements. The five spice is represented of each of those five elements. Now, since everything in the world has a, an aspect of the elements, all the uh, elements in the gin, of course, contribute the to the five tastes. Everything's in fives. So earth is sweet, fire is bitter, wood is sour, metal is pungent, water is salty. So the characteristics of each of the spices that are traditional have those aspects. Um, sometimes that hasn't occurred to me when I've tasted them, but that's the way it is. Uh, for instance, cassia, which is cinnamon, is considered sweet, and salty is uh, Sichuan pepper, which is a traditional cassia, uh, star anise, and coriander. So, uh, and all of those are used in gins. Including in, juniper. Juniper is a... Right. Well, juniper is considered salty, which it's like, really? But okay. <laughs> and then it also comes down to balancing the, the whole lot. Right. Right. And uh, so neither of the two gins are traditional dry gins at all. They're considered new world contemporary gins, meaning... They're not juniper forward. However, juniper is 50% of each recipe. So it's very amazing to me. The five spice is not at all surprising that it doesn't taste juniper forward. But Skyline, it just amazed me. <laughs> Does New American Gins have a uh, any regulations as far as how much juniper must oh, be in? You have to have juniper in it. Um, I do think that some of these small craft distilleries are experimenting with uh, different ingredients and may not have a great deal of juniper in them. So 50% juniper is not necessarily something you might find in everybody's gin. Actually, it says in the standards, the federal standards, it should have the characteristics of juniper. Well, if you taste for it, it's there. Yep. <laughs> in both of them. So I'm very excited about uh, Dragon Spirit. Well, I'm really excited because I'm looking across the room here and Ash, who set this whole thing up, has popped a bottle open of this Dragon Spirit and she is going to be passing this over. Anyone who's uh, watching on the live feed, there's Ash, say what up? Here, I'm going to pass the microphone to you so you can kind of get in here and give your two cents. Yeah, that's beautiful. Okay, uh, here we go. Here's Ash. Hello. Um, so, yes, the Dragon Spirit, we're actually going to be releasing this next week. As you'll see, once you try it, it's super flavorful. And we've been discussing fun, some fun cocktail ideas for the summer, like tiki drinks. And I think, you know, Karen already has some top of mind. Um, but we're going to be doing a launch event in a few weeks in Pasadena. And then 
the spirits actually may feature during Negroni week at the Mermaid Bar. And there's some other kind of events happening. So um, definitely check back to Stark Spirits on Instagram and we'll let you guys know about all these events. I'm going to hand this mic back to you. Well, let's do a quick cheers ourselves here. And let's all right. And the spirit of this. the dragon. To the spirit of the dragon. <laughs> cheers, everyone out there in listening land and uh, Instagram. It's really beautiful. On the nose, you really do. You get a lot of nuances of um, coriander. And- it's a mixologist's dream. There's <laughs> so much in here to work with. It's so balanced, too. Yeah. It's really cool. All of our spirits actually taste really good neat, meaning nothing in it but the spirit. Ice cubes traditionally will open up flavor in a neat drink. So now it's called straight and Dragon spirit really opens up the individual qualities and the synergy of the five spices with an ice cube. Mm -hmm. And I actually discovered that accidentally because I always drink it neat. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is is beautiful neat. When I come across gins like this, uh, I personally get really excited because it already gives you the, the base of the painting, basically. It's like, okay, you know, if you don't have, like, the, the foundation to, like, build off of and to enhance or creatively more beautiful, too, like, into a cocktail to highlight the spirit, then it's harder for us. So whenever I encounter spirits like Dragon Spirit, already my mind's turning on what to be able to do with it, you know? I have to tell you, a uh, dry vermouth and a twist of orange mm. It's a great martini. I think as we're winding this interview down, do I dare go into a final question of what it's like working as a husband-wife team? Or do you have any stories that possibly... That we want to share with the public? I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually been a great experience for our marriage because it's always growing and developing. And that's part of it we are never bored with each other are we (laughs) no (laughs) and you know i mean we've been married for uh coming up on 27 years and it's still well exciting i mean you know are we old enough to be not excited no it's still (laughs) it's still really wonderful to be married and working on these different aspects of I'll say getting along and appreciating each other's uh, personality quirks. After all this time, I mean, the point of life is to find out what it is. What is the point of life? So while you're having a good relationship, it's really moving you in that direction. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) He has a lot more to say when it's just us, okay? I love it. So, I mean, for me, it's great to see you guys doing this. Like, you guys have a really cool production. Anyone who's in Los Angeles, if you get a chance, take a second. Go on the website, starkspirits.com. There's a spot on the website where you can go fill out a page where if you want to come visit. And uh, everyone out there in Instagram, hit these guys up, man. Like, do the tasting. Do the tour. It's really cool here. And, uh, and so, yeah, you can email them and set up a tour and it's right in Pasadena in a beautiful neighborhood, the beautiful mountains behind it and definitely come check them out. You know, the Rose Bolt's just around the corner and there's Brookside Park or golf course. So there's golf, but, uh, definitely come for the tour, stay for the tasting. Absolutely. And, you know, we've all, we've all seen those, uh, big distilleries, but we all support the mom and pop shop. 
and like especially cocktails near and dear to my heart so support these guys and real quick let's plug where can people find the spirit where can people pick it up well in terms of pasadena our whole line is carried at uh, mission liquor which has several stores around uh, los angeles area total wine and more has uh, the gin the aquavit uh, and the rums and then uh, winehouse over in santa monica by ucla and uh, looking for more locations awesome well, I'm the talky one, and I'll just say it's really gratifying to make things. It's like it's what drives us to keep doing this is that it's creative and it, it's just really fun uh, in a horrible sort of fun. But <laughs> I guess, you know, I mean, it's, it's like, oh, I've, people come and say I want to start a distillery. We, going really I, can, I can say that we don't make anything we don't like and that's why we do have this many spirits my father really liked rum he's a peach daiquiri man and uh the aquavit was uh part of the various uh parties and events we'd go to with our danish friends the whiskey my father-in-law was a real whiskey man if he were still around i know he'd be enjoying uh, our California single malt whiskey. My mother-in-law loved the Skyline Gin and really be enamored of the dragon, new dragon spirits uh, that we have. We're going to have now a uh, espresso liqueur. It uh, is just lovely dessert aperitif, if you will. For those of you who like cigars, if you've had uh, too much off whiskey or uh, an off cigar, have a little sunshine, and that will just reset your palate. Uh, or if you've had a bad day, <laughs> sunshine. Have some sunshine. sunshine. Everyone needs a little sunshine, uh, especially after this rainy, rainy year we've had. Set you in the mood to relax. Can be, you know, what makes your day better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to thank you guys so much for uh, taking time with cocktails to talk some tales and Stark Spirits, and um, it, it sounds like everything you do comes from a, a passion that's making people around you happy and people in the past happy. And I, I wish for everyone in the future to enjoy Stark Spirits. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having us on your program. Anytime. So, so great. You guys are fantastic. Thank you. All right. Let's go out on a cheers, shall we? Cheers. Shalom to Gail. All right. <laughs> Irish background. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Talk tale. Talk tale. Talk tale. Talk tale. Talk tale.